This podcast is sponsored by Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cripps Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. Podcast, the bonus show. Um, Matt is with me as always, and before we get into the crux of today's show, Matt, we did a, a podcast over on the regular show during the week with Talk Club, and I know you've had chance to listen, but uh, a really powerful message for all men. Um, I think in that, what were your key takeaways? Um, yeah, I, I was driving back from a friend's 18th in Wigan, so I had quite a bit of time on my own, um, so stuck it on. And I think really early on, they mentioned that and being football fans, every 90 minutes, a man takes his own life in this country, which really shocked me. And then just just listening to the fact that so many football clubs and um, other sort of facilities are you know, fully behind this. Um, and that message that, you know, we've got to talk is not something, I don't think it's something that any of us are really good at, but men in particular. And yeah, it's so just a key takeaway. We, we probably ought to start our podcast with a check-in didn't we to see where we are i think we actually should. Um, so but that was the other that was the other thing the check-in to see where you you are yeah. on the check-in yeah so for, for those listening please do go back and have a have a listen to episode 177 talk club and uh it's a men's mental health uh, group that yeah. uh, is basically gone international but it started out in bristol so matt what number are you this morning I'm I'm probably an eight, which is unusual for me first thing in the morning. And I think I'm an eight because of the, the ladies that we've got on the, the podcast with us today and what we're going to talk about. So yeah. I've been really looking forward to this one. So, yeah, absolutely. And uh, as I said on the podcast, during the closed season um, on a Saturday when there's no football, I do wake up probably around a four. But because I'm doing the podcast and got some good plans today, um, I'm probably up around an eight as well. So all yeah. good. Um, so moving on to Bristol City related matters. Obviously, we got to start with a congratulations to the star boy himself, Alex Scott, and the rest of England under 19s for winning the European Championships. Matt, what an achievement. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, the, the the first half wasn't the greatest, and, and in fairness to Alex, Alex didn't have his, his, his best game of the tournament, um, but they've got some real talent, and it seems as though most of them play for Aston Villa. Um, the the, um, the lad um, in midfield is is quality, and I see we've been linked with him as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some, some quality players there, and tremendous result, especially, I mean, Israel probably should have been out of sight in the first half mm. um but we held our own got the equalizer and then and then scored the, the sort of two late goals so yeah i mean tremendous for him i think tins is posted this morning that you know 16 he's playing at guernsey 17 he signs for city and 18 he's european champion yeah um, incredible you know story. And, and where else where's he going to lead and i think i saw kate's um post who's joining us shortly on social media saying the fact that you know the only worry is are we going to lose him because Play, clubs are going to come in for him because he has been so impressive in this tournament. The fact we've got him signed on a on a fairly long term contract, you know, you're talking silly money to get him to get him away from Bristol City. I mean, we're talking like surely thirty to fifty million. I think you'd be looking at at least twenty twenty five million. I saw that um, 
the lad at Hull, Lewis Potter, has been linked with Fulham for £25 million. Um, and he had a good season. But to me, he's not in the class of Semenyo from a forward point of view. And Scott, as we said, he's so young to be putting in performances like he is. The thing you will say, Patch, is he's really level-headed. You know, he came out and did an interview to say he doesn't want to go to a, a Premier League club and sit on the bench. He wants to play football. So, um, you know, I, I guess in some ways a good scenario may be that we, we get 25, 30 million, but get him loaned back to us for the season. But I never know whether those loan backs really work because you're not then the parent club and... Mm. Um, so it'd be great if we could hold on to him and actually see him flourish in a midfield position rather than having to fill in at wingback for us. Yes, yeah, it's a massive season. I'm confident we'll keep hold of him this season. And yeah. if he's playing in that role rather than right wingback, yeah. um, then it's it's a massive season for him and for huge. us to see yeah, how huge. it all goes. Yeah, huge. Excellent. Okay, um, so during the week just gone, uh, the club announced the return of the Junior Reds, and we all love a bit of nostalgia, Matt, and mm. uh, uh, Cobra Kai coming back from Karate <laughs> Kid is, uh, is one that flashes up for me. Um, but uh, I was a Junior Red, and it was my first real experience with Bristol City as a six, seven-year-old was being a junior red and experiencing that, getting a, a birthday card from my favourite player and all of that. First of all, your recollections, Matt, of the junior reds. Well, I'm with, with one of our guests this morning. I, I've worked with one of her sons. I played football with two of her other sons and worked with two of her daughters. Um, so You're I kind very, of... So well connected. You've got know, yeah. friends in every port. You've got... What, what uh, can I say? But, um, so... Just my a chatterbox. Yeah, my kind of <laughs> recollection was was as much around that really because of their involvement. I wasn't a junior red, but because I I'd, I'd gone to football early with my dad and my granddad, um, so you know I, I didn't in effect have the need because we were always going there as yeah. a family and doing that. But you know oh, what I've loved, um, and again when we go on to talk about it, what I've loved this week is just some of the comments that you've seen and just how much mm. the junior reds meant and. I will say, Patch, that um, there's been some great work with a number of people, um, and I'm not going to call names out because I know that would embarrass them, but there are a number of people who've been involved and were suggesting that, you know, there's something we really needed to look at was the Junior Reds because of just how vital it was back in the day. And when you think some of the dark days as well, it was crucial with the, the Junior Reds. So, mm. yeah, like, like as you say, it was it was great to see, but then even better to see the comments from fans yeah. now, you know, um, with their own kids who will probably be taking them to the junior reds. Well, before we bring in our guests, I'm going to read out a couple of the comments. So Adam Gould, John and Claire Banks brought up a huge generation of City fans, smiling, just writing their names. They were great times. The pool table, the bag of sweets, the programme, games on a Saturday morning over the park, and the coach away trips with random VHS on the way home. <laughs> Hopefully the organisers knew how much they, they were appreciated and how highly regarded they were. Mike Hughes, the Junior Reds was brilliant back in the day. Everyone who gave up their time to look after the Young Reds should be honoured by the club club a safe and fun environment for young city fans kate claire and john will forever be remembered by us young reds so matt just a little flavor i've got loads more to read out later in the in the program but yeah it means so much and it's just great to have it back yeah yeah i mean it's fantastic and and i think the future um knowing that there are going to be kids now that will get some of that feeling um i'm not sure you'll get 
the likes of Claire and, and John Banks doing it. Hopefully so. You get the same kind of quality, but let's not undersell that. It wasn't just the fact it was junior reds. It's the people involved. So yeah. you've got to get the right people. And if you do, you then make them lifelong city fans. Um, I think, I think at the moment it's come back in name. Um, right. So it's a step in the right direction with uh, membership. Uh, what's the word? Privileges um, that come with that. And, as someone pointed out uh, back on the on the forum, it's whether it could ever return to its former glory. You know, it would be amazing to see. It's amazing to see them come back. Obviously, there's a word of caution around safeguarding involved now. Yeah, um, would that mean that many of the activities that we enjoyed in the past they'd be very difficult and expensive and maybe even impossible to run now? Every volunteer would need to be DBS checked and activities um, when, you know, when they're around other adults. Playing football in the local park could be tricky. Um, so there's we're we're living in a different world now, Matt. Oh, completely, <laughs> completely. I mean, it's it is it's different times. The kids are different, you know. But back in probably those early days we didn't have um, we probably only had four channels let alone um if we were lucky we didn't have computers and game boys and what they've got now so black and white wasn't it matt when you were um, uh, uh, yeah. do you know what it was when i when i was when i was first born mate yeah, was your um but yeah they are different times but i think what you can get is the passion Yes. And love of it that, that certainly Claire, John and, and Kate brought to, to that. So I'm hoping that it will develop into more than that. You know, we talked about the family stand and, and some of the stuff that they used to put on at the top of the, the lands down there that yeah. kind of fell away a little bit. And, you know, it's key and it's something, and I'm, I am going to embarrass them slightly, but certainly Scott Davis and Richard Gould are absolutely fully behind and want recognised that it's your young fans that are your future and your lifeblood of the club. So it's, it's the right step in the right direction. Yeah, it's brilliant news. As you've mentioned, Scott, I did ask him for a comment. He said, I remember John and Claire in my days as chairman and the Junior Reds, Senior Reds, Supporters Club, away travel were all separate regimes as the club didn't have the infrastructure to organise and facilitate. Please thank Claire, John and all of the volunteers for the foundations they've laid. Um, history shows that today we have outside of the Division 1 times the largest attendances in our history and growing. How many will be at Sunderland game due to being a Junior Reds? Great stuff. Good to see it back. Let's, I think it's time, Matt, to bring in the guests. Let's bring them in, yeah. So uh, coming to you first, Claire. Hi, how are yeah. you, Claire? Thanks so much for joining us. I'm fine, I'm fine Duncan. Can I first say that the comments that everybody has made have been absolutely lovely and that John, if he was still alive today, would have been so chuffed. Oh. So on behalf of him, I thank everybody. Oh, no, great That's words. Thank you so much. So let's let's just have a look back then. Let's, I'm, I'm interested to know when it started to your knowledge when did the june when was the inception of the junior reds well it was in the early 80s and there was the um football trouble at the grounds and that and uh, a lady at the ground ruth thomas was sort of doing it basically just a a, a, a small on a small scale and we sort of said well can we do more than this and that and um the club backed us all the way they said um we said well can we do a swap on tickets you give us 50 for another team, adults and children, and we will get, give them 50 and that on the swap. So it made it cheap for the children and the club were behind us all the way on that. I mean, Mike Fricker, one of the old directors, he was um, he came to all our committee meetings and he was a great help. 
And so you, you just literally just put yourself forward as a volunteer, recognised that there was a, something that was there that could be done better. Yeah. I mean, our, our children were all into football anyway. Yeah. So, so it was having, having the children of your own and sort of noticing that, that there was that opportunity to, to develop, yeah. to develop it. Yeah. Thereafter. And they made, they made so many um, good friends through the junior reds. And I, in fact, I was talking to my youngest last night, Zoe, and she was saying that her two best friends, Marie and Natalie, they met as junior reds and that, and they're now all in their forties and they still meet up in spite of living in different parts of the country. Wow. That's, yeah. that's an excellent story. Um, and let's bring Kate into the conversation. Kate, when, when did your involvement uh, start with, with the junior reds? Um, I actually went to an away trip with, a friend of mine, uh, Terry Godfrey, who was already a member um, of the Junior Red Committee. And I went along and I didn't stop. <laughs> really enjoyed it. The kids were fantastic. Um, and it was one of the best things I've ever done. Oh, brilliant. So is that effectively how you became a City fan or were you a City fan prior to that? Um, I've been a City fan for 63 years. Never. You're yeah. not old enough. You're showing your age, <laughs> Well, I'm not. It doesn't bother me. It's only a number. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's brilliant. And to this day, you're both still City fans. I know, Kate, you are. Um, but yeah. yourself, Claire? Yes, yes, yes. I go to, I've got a season ticket and my grandson drags me to some away games with him if his girlfriend can't go. Oh, brilliant. That's fantastic. So you mentioned some club officials there, Claire. Coming to you, Kate, in terms of your relationship with club officials and and, and going back in the day, for me, my memory uh, of going in the porter cabin outside the Williams stand, yeah. obviously Beryl Fudge was quite uh, quite prevalent in the club shop. Was there was there much relationship with Beryl? Um, yeah, I had one with her at Huddersfield. Um, I, anyone who knows me knows that I'm very vocal in football and <laughs> um, I stood up and shouted out come on city and Beryl was sat behind me and she said will you sit down <laughs> <laughs> that will stay with me forever she was uh, a character uh, wasn't she she it was, was a lovely. yeah through sort of my involvement and Matt's involvement with the former players association and doing this memories and music podcast which we've now done five episodes of I find myself, Matt, looking back as much as looking forward in recent years. Well, I, th I think, especially over the last few seasons in, and what, what everyone's been through um, throughout the world, but it, it does make you nostalgic. And I think even in those dark days, you know, the, the 82s and onwards, we saw some great teams, some great games. Um, and I think that's what forms, forms your love. And, and I'm always grateful for the fact that I was born in Bristol, and the right side of Bristol, um, and that my dad took me, as opposed to being a fan who follows a, a Man United or a Liverpool from afar, but don't have any affiliation. I don't. I don't have a problem with lads whose family, you know, mum or dad were were Liverpool fans, and so that's why they followed. But you should follow your own club. So that's why I've always got the utmost respect if I'm driving around North Bristol um, and where I live, seeing Rovers shirts. I, I, I will, even at 52 years of age, <laughs> I will always look and go, oh, mate, what are you doing? What are you wearing that for? But <laughs> I'd rather see yeah. that than see a Man United shirt or a Liverpool shirt. Um, so, yeah, look, looking back is, is fantastic, isn't it? And 
Um, as I say, you know, I woke up this morning thinking, brilliant, we're going to talk about the junior Reds and, mm. you know, that some of those formative years for, for fans in the likes of some of the, the guys we've got on our a WhatsApp group patch, you know, you yourself, you know, it meant so much and it's mm. meant you've now got a lifelong love of Bristol City. It is... It's like a family, isn't it, at the end of the yeah, day? Yeah, and I'm not ready to take to take my little boy down yet, um, who's four, but I'll certainly be signing him up to be a junior red, just yeah. so that you know, he's got he's got that membership. But uh, coming back to you, uh, Kate, we, we mentioned there, you know, uh, how, how much it meant to us. Um, what's it meant to you to see it come back, at least in name? It's come back um, as a name, but it will never replace what Claire and John started. Yeah. Those kids who used to go away with us are now bringing their children to meet me. And a couple of them have said, if it wasn't for this lady, I wouldn't have my love for Bristol City. And that, to me, means so much. Absolutely. Yeah, no, very, very well said. I'm going to read out another comment then that's going to spawn another question. So Andy Hall, uh, a contributor on the podcast, list the little clubhouse opposite the Williams playing against other teams, junior sides pre-match on a Saturday lunchtime um, over the road in the park. Magic. How did that start, Claire, in terms of arranging these little kickabouts over Ashton Park? Well, that came about as a result of the ticket swap. Because they, as I say, they had 50 tickets. We had 50 tickets when we went there. And so they used to come down, get down to Ashton about 11 o'clock. And we'd um, give them a game of football over on the park. And then we'd feed them in the little club room and that. And then, obviously, they'd go and watch the game and that. No, it's such a good initiative. Kate, your your memories of involvement in... Particularly, people have sort of mentioned the goodie bags, and for me, it was getting a, a signed picture of Bob Taylor and all of that sort of stuff. How did yeah. that come about, and and did that relationship come quite easily with the players and ob- ob- obtaining this sort of thing? We always had um, a good relationship with the Bristol City players. I mean, I was lucky. Um, quite a few times, I took the children who were going to be mascot that day into the dressing rooms. And they all used to say to me, oh, here she is again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I love quite it. Quite well known. <laughs> yeah. So I'll throw that back question back at you as well, Claire, in terms of building that relationship with, with the players and the club. Did that something? Yeah. That- yeah um, we used to have a Christmas party every year and we had an end of season presentation when we presented the juniors trophies and nearly all the players would turn up. And the managers, most of the managers would turn up. There's one who didn't ever turn up, but I won't mention his name. But um, I, my memory is of Sean Gota dancing with the juniors and that with his trophy in his hand. Oh, amazing. Uh, awesome. Was that 98, 1998, that would have been, I think. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the players were really good. They would sign the autographs all the time and have a chat, have a chat to the juniors. I couldn't fault them. Here, here. No, another comment from Bar BS3 on uh, one team in Bristol forum. Very fond memories of my junior Reds days and away trips. It was brilliant to get a coach reciprocal match tickets. Obviously, you've touched on that, Claire, with other groups and play our own match before going to the games, all for about a tenner. Wonder how much that would be now. Uh, oh, yeah. We'll always remember being on the pitch at Newcastle for Kevin Keegan's first game yes. as manager. Yes, I remember that. We had a ground tour as well up there. 
That's brilliant. Yeah. And that's, again, it's stuff like that, that reciprocal arrangement is how you get things done, isn't it? It's building that relationship. I um, think most, we lost the game, but... Yeah, probably oh, yeah. at Newcastle, yeah. Did most clubs have kind of an equivalent junior... Um, I'm not junior... Red, junior magpies. Yeah, but a junior sort of club. So when, when you arrange those kind of games and the tickets, that other clubs kind of had the same facilities in place, did they, Claire? The, not so many at the start and that. We had a lot of help from a lady at, Wat, at Watford and Swanson. Right. She helped us. And Notts County were one of the original ones. They, they helped us a lot. So we sort of, getting to know the other clubs, we picked the, the ideas we liked and everything. And I'm sure they picked our ideas as well. Yeah. And um, in fact... John and I had a meeting with Bernie from um, Bristol Rovers at one stage to help them set up theirs. Wow. And he said to us, he said, I can't believe Bristol City and Bristol Rovers are talking here. <laughs> which, which was a really, it was a really nice chat. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if I mentioned it at the start, Matt, but one of the things in that talk, talk club was the fact that they have formed a football club called Talk United. Yeah, yeah. And they've got Rovers on one sleeve and City on the other and... Uh, it's about you know being united for mental health. So and it's it's, it's a great example there, um, Claire, of of how you can share ideas and better one or the other, and and just learn from there. It's it's how the world goes round. Mm. I think, isn't it? When we when we did the away trips and that, I used to breathe a sigh of relief when we came back. We we'd stopped at the last services and we got on the coach. And I counted everybody, and then I made Kate count everybody as well. <laughs> we haven't lost anybody. Did you did you have sort of junior Reds children that would come on their own, or would they they have yes, to be? Yes, yeah, we had them. A lot of them used to come on their own. Right. Okay. So you were responsible for them as yes. well, then. Which yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it must have taken a hell of a lot of organisation, Claire. Oh, it did take a lot of organisation. Yeah. And one of the problems as they got older was when they got to 16, that, you know, they were still coming. I remember Kate and I had to patrol the bar area at Huddersfield <laughs> to stop any of them trying to get a drink. <laughs> oh, I remember brilliant. that. Yeah, that was good, wow. wasn't it, Kate? It was. Wow. <laughs> I guess it's, it's, it's how a lot of, you know, a lot of, um, you know, junior Reds didn't, didn't have parents that were interested in football so they felt you know they felt willing and able to be able to drop them off and and go on the junior res coach Matt it's again it's something that in the modern day probably wouldn't be achievable yeah. no it, prob it probably wouldn't but again it goes back to what we said at the sort of very start of this that the, the kind of people that, that John Banks Claire Banks Kate Masters are that parents felt they could trust their kids to be left there and you're talking you know probably seven eight nine hours for some element yeah. so mm. incredible really and i'm sure some sort is a bit of a, a cheap crash as well <laughs> well yeah especially a day on like newcastle and carlisle i remember going oh as well god yeah. and this was yeah. all done as volunteers as well yeah Claire. yes incredible yeah absolutely yeah incredible and, and also matt this is before the days of whatsapp and all of the all of that stuff so i imagine you well, as a lot of phoning round it's, it's probably no email. before mobile phones patch <laughs> it's yeah. probably before mobile phones so, so was yeah. it all like was it all landlines phoning up and seeing who was coming claire or yeah yeah they used to book to go on the coach on the um in the coming to the club room book and that and you know we obviously had their phone numbers and everything, and everyone on each away game, one of the children on the coach was a mascot there. 
Right. I, mean, I remember Kate's um, son was the lucky one, actually, to be chosen to be mascot up at Liverpool. Remember oh, that wow. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic day. I couldn't believe it when you rang me and told me. He oh. still talks about it now, and he's 43. Wow. Well, it would be one of the highlights of our lives, Matt, if we were mascot in that game. I just, I, again, it's one of those things that um, I, I can never understand when I talk to people about football. And, and not everyone is passionate like the four of us are, but I never understand people that don't get football. And I feel actually quite sorry for them because not only does it give you that, you know, sense of being able to go out and about and, and meet people, but it makes you form lifelong friendships. I mean, Bristol City are why we're friends, Patch. Yeah, exactly. You know, we, we wouldn't have met each other beforehand. And, um, you know, I've, I've seen, um, as I said, I work with Claire's son, Martin. So I know the impact that it had on Martin. And then Martin's then gone on to, you know, be heavily involved in Yate Football Club. Um, he's refereed. And, and that's all through his mum and dad's, you know, the way that they've brought him up passion. and how they've been there, yeah, the passion. Yeah, exactly that. And, um, you know, Kate, and I know your nickname, but I believe your nickname was coined from some of the junior Reds as well. Oh, oh come it on. Was. What's the nickname? Ashton Kate. There Ashton we go. Kate. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I you know, and your name is that Kate, aren't you? <laughs> that yeah, is unfortunately, you. Yeah. I can't get rid of it. <laughs> I, I thought you I thought you were going down a route of something about her shouting out stuff at... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> In front of Beryl. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I can't get rid of it. So, so, Kate, over the last, I think you said, 68 years, was it? 63. 63 years. Um, let's just talk some some City memories. Can you pick out some some favourite players or people that have, have had an impact on you during that time? Bob Taylor, uh, Sean Taylor. All the Taylors. Yeah, <laughs> Matty, Matty Taylor. <laughs> Actually, I was sad when he went. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sean was, yeah. Gator, Greg Goodridge, uh, Colin Cram. Um, I had a good relationship with Greg and Sean Gator and met quite a few cricketers that I would never have met. Okay. Am I right in thinking, Kate, that, that Greg sort of even comments you now, that comments to you now on your birthday and things like that? Yeah, he does. He always puts up um, an Ashton Kate thing. Yeah. Um, we talk quite regularly. Amazing. Yeah. Brilliant. No, that's awesome. Same question to you then, Claire. Over the years, have you have you formed a special bond with any players or non-playing staff that uh, that still remains? Well, no, I think just with all the players that used to come to all the all the um, discos and everything and that, you know, the end of season things and how good they were with the play with the um, juniors. And I come back to one of my daughters again, Zoe. She was a mad Alan Walsh fan. Uh, and she had to see him before every game. I must see him before every game and that. And she used to give him a kiss. You wouldn't be able to do that now. <laughs> and that, and I think it was Joe Jordan said, well, as long as he keeps scoring, you can keep kissing him. Yeah, part of the, part of the uh, pre-match routine. Part of the pre-match routine, yeah. And when we played um, Bolton in the... Um, Fate Rover. Fate Rover. Cut whatever it was. Um, Alan Walsh gave her his shin pads. Wow. Oh. Awesome. And Alan Walsh is still very much involved. He's going to be a former Players Association ambassador next season. So he's going to yeah, be Yeah, he, he was brilliant. Yeah, he's a, just a genuinely... A, a, a gentleman gets used too often in this world, but Alan Walsh is just a true gentleman, isn't he? 
Yeah, when, when we started that Memories of Music podcast, you know, it was the first episode, so I wanted to make it a little bit special, and it was a game that Alan Walsh played in. Yeah. I just dropped him a message and said, can you can you just come on the Zoom and chat to me for 10 minutes? He didn't even ask what, what for. He just yeah. said, yeah, when do you <laughs> want to do it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you don't get you don't get a lot you know a lot of players with with that so yeah it's, no. like, it's a great it's a great recall um and then in, so so what i'm interested to to know is why did the junior reds stop claire in your to your recollection what why did it suddenly go away i don't really know i think it just petered out in the end unless clubs were doing the swaps and i think you know the club that saw it going in another direction okay I think that well, that was all of that. We had a, we went under the Dorman stand afterwards, and yeah. I had a five-a-side court, and there was um, children there from ten o'clock in the morning. Wow! And my my daughter commented to me. She said, "Um, where were all these kids? Where would they go if they weren't coming down here?" Yeah, that's a great question, and. Yeah. You know what it's like, Matt. On a match day, we can't wait to be in and around BS3 just to get down there, soak up atmosphere or or whatever. And I think that sort of thing is something that, if it hasn't come back yet for the kids, for the fans, is something, you know, we've got, for the fans, we've got the outside area of Ashton Gate and, you know, the the fan village, etc. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting if there's something for the kids as well. It it shapes character as well. When when you've got... um... Again, people like Kate, Claire, John involved. I kind of wonder whether some of what I now witness at some of the away games with youngsters who don't seem to me to be any older than 16, 17, um, if we'd had a junior Reds for the last 15 years, would would that be changed as well? Because they've got that that you know authoritative figure as well. But um, so that makes a difference. So, you know, I, I sometimes get a little bit um nostalgic and think it's a bit of a shame really because again I look at some idiots and think yeah you wouldn't be doing that if you <laughs> if you'd started out but you're right I mean you know people they'll, they'll walk the streets and stuff whereas they had something to go and do mm. form friendships and then again character building because their friends would keep them on track in so it's, it's a shame and I do as you said Patch the world has changed and, and I get that but I hope there is a little bit more than just a membership I hope there is something that's down there at the club that allows some of that kind of social interaction contact. Absolutely. Exactly, and, yeah. And and yeah. you know you know as well as I do, Matt now, with Richard Gould involved on you know, on the board, yeah. uh, he is all ears. He's open to ideas. At the moment we've got the name back, we've got the privileges that come with that, but I'm confident that, you know, he anything that can be done he will do will be looked at yeah yeah i mean it's, it's it's tiny steps and it's it's a step in the right direction and as you you know i keep saying it but the world is a different place legislation and everything is completely different um for all the right reasons um but yeah absolutely richard gould for for anyone that hasn't met him and doesn't know what he's about he's about bristol city he's not about richard gould he's about bristol city and fans of the future um and that wasn't necessarily the case with with what we've had in the past so mm. Um, everything he does is very, you, you only had to look this week at the season tickets and I've not received mine yet, but I've seen a lot of them on, on social media, the packaging around getting a season ticket now. I mean, that is special, you know, something yeah. you can keep. Whereas, you know, in the past it would have just been in an envelope and you wonder why it hadn't been nicked, you know, on, on route and stuff. So yeah, he, he's, um, 
long, long do I hate that Richard Gould is, is with Bristol City because I think the longer he is, the greater chance we've got of achieving what all of our ambitions are is for Premier League football. Mm. Kate, come back to you. Uh, on, based on what we've just said, as your is for you, is there is there hope? Is the future bright? I think so. If we can hang on to Alex Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we started the podcast, yeah. wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think we've had a rough couple of years, but I think we've invested in some good players, and I think now is the time to be optimistic. Yeah. yeah. No, it's very true. And um, same for you, Claire. Are you are you buoyant and excited for uh, for the season to come? Yes, I'm all. I'm always full of hope. As I say, I go with my sons and my grandsons and that. And you know, they're they're always full of hope and that. And I always think, well, if we don't win, I hope I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Um, so, Matt, back to the current day then. So, Austria, the, the player camp. I've been watching some of the Robins Uncut footage, yep. which I think is great. See them having fun, seeing them putting in a hell of a shift, to be fair. Um, I think there was one image of Callas with just a pool of sweat around his bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it looks incredible, doesn't it? And and in, in the heat, um, I will say I do agree, and I, I picked up on it, the fact that they're cycling through an Austrian village with no cycle helmets on and... Um, you know, I did kind of worry about it, thinking, oh, my God, let's not see that we've seen that Kane Wilson's fallen off his bike and is out for the season. Or, But, um, yeah, I mean, you've got to have those camps to build that camaraderie. Hmm. Um, great video, if you've not seen it, of Joe Williams and Jay De Silva guessing players' names, a, a, a bit like Guess Who, where one's holding the name above the other's sort of head kind of thing. Hmm. That's really funny. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think we're still... Two or three players, business to come. And I think if we do that, then um, I don't think we'll struggle, perhaps, as, as we, we have done the last couple of seasons at various points. Um, but it's like anything, Patch, isn't it? It's about injuries. You know, if you keep your, your star players fit, if Joe Williams is fit for us this season, that will be massive. Mm. Um, but if you can keep your players fit, if you can win those tight games rather than conceding like we did, um, then... You know why not? Why why can't we be pushing for a top ten? And then if you're pushing for top ten, who knows where that can lead? So yeah. One thing we didn't touch on is uh, Jason Newell. So Jason Newell's mm. joined as a coach, uh, someone who was very successful in the Premier League uh, and has clearly got an eye for goal. And although we scored a lot of goals last season, it's just enhancing that. You don't rest on your laurels. You bring someone in who's a proven goal scorer, a coach that can help. Very good record as a coach, worked work with England youth as well. Um, I think he felt he was overlooked at Charlton at, at various stages. Um, it's a different voice. Um, in my lifetime, the most successful manager I've ever witnessed, Sir Alex Ferguson, would change his coaching team. Now, some of that was because they would go on to management jobs, but a lot of the time he would change them out because he wanted a different voice. So I think that's important. Um Plus, you've got Andy King, who's now going to be coming in and starting to do some coaching. I think mm. still very much playing is where yeah. he sees himself, and I think that's where Nigel Pearson sees him. And but also, he's starting to get involved, isn't it? Yeah, I think he'll be a bit of a conduit between the players mm. and the coaches as well, and 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 aid that relationship to be built. But as you say, definitely still has got his head on playing. Um, and a fit Andy fantastic. King patch is a different proposition to the Andy King we had last season. Now, exactly. He was on ban of the match at Peterborough, wasn't he? Exactly. Exactly that. Um, and was probably playing through injuries as well. So if, if he's fully fit, 
then we might have a, another really good player on our hands from, from that point of view. But as you said, his experience on the pitch and um, what it will mean for the youngsters, those youngsters now having the likes of Campering, Alex Scott, um, Antoine, having played the games they've played, knowing what the championship is about, um, they're only going to get better. So um, I, I'm, I'm, a more, I'm always excited for a new season anyway, um, irrespective of what happened the last season, because you, you know, it, that's gone and gone, isn't it? It's you know. Just touching on, on something it, but... you said there as well. Um, the so watching that under nineteen mm. world, uh, you're, you're, I keep saying world. Yeah, For some Europeans. reason, I thought it was world, but it's actually European. Um, yeah. a, co- a collection of players of that age, you could you could spot immaturity in terms of footballing ability, absolutely, and decision making and things like that. So it's it's almost proven the point that it's so important to have that old head, that experience on the pitch, to bring players like Alex Scott up to that level in terms of footballing maturity. So it's so important to have that blend, isn't it? You've got to have the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm sure Alex Scott would say himself, if it wasn't for um, the players in and around him, um, on the pitch, he wouldn't have had the impact that he had for us last year. And and let's not forget, Alex got had an impact playing in a position that was completely foreign to him. Um, you know, mm. how many games did he actually play? I can't recall too many where he played central midfield. Um, so, you know, that that's going to be, again, really, really interesting to see his development. Um, and I'm really excited to see Kane Wilson. Um, I hope I'm not building him up too much, but yeah, having watched already, some of the footage. You've already sung his song on the podcast last last time. Did I? Did yeah. you? Super King Wilson or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's exciting. We'll um, we'll be able to um, see some of them in action um, yeah. in in the coming weeks. So I just want to finish off the podcast by saying a, a massive thank you to Claire and Kate, and obviously mentioning John there for the efforts that were put into the Junior Reds, and it's been a massive nostalgia hit to go through oh. some of the memories of of uh of years gone by and now that, that it's back in name as well i think it's fantastic any closing thoughts from you first of all kate yeah i hope they do bring it back um even if they pick somebody to do it for you know a couple of away games because as we've said before these young children are our future supporters so there has to be something at ashton gate for them there has to be I mean, when it finished, um, I used to go in the Dolman Bar, you know, after before the games. The stewards then were coming up to me and saying, "Kate, go and sort those kids out over there." And I said, mm. "Not my problem anymore. That's down to you. Good luck." Yeah, no, that's a great point. <laughs> but there's got to be something for them. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks so much, Kate. And for you, Claire, any closing thoughts from you? Yeah, I hope they bring it back in somewhere and that. It was it's very rewarding to see the juniors that we had now become adults and they've got their bring their children with them yeah. to the games and that. I mean the other day, one example I ran into Leighton Tully and he used to come on the away trips with us all the time and the home games he used to come to. And one he, he was really good and he's got children of his own. He still had fond memories of the days when he came on the coach. Right. And that was really rewarding. Yeah, I'll bet. I think the other thing as well, Patch, it's, it's not just Claire, John, Kate. It's their families as well that, that would have absolutely been involved. And I well, certainly it know impacted from, them. I, I, well, I it, impact, but also involved. I mean, I, I know certainly from, from Claire and John's point of view, um, you know, Zoe especially, I think would would have been there. But yeah, 
it's great looking back and it, and it must be very rewarding for, for Claire and Kate when people do come up to them and remember them and thank them. And, and that's again, what makes the world go round, isn't it? It's good people in this world that, um, you know, if you've got that then then great. And also, there's also a lot of people that wouldn't have uh, the wherewithal to come up and say thank you as well. No, that's right. That's so, right. Um, so just just know that everyone that was part of the Junior Reds just really appreciated it. And I appreciate, and Matt appreciates you coming on the podcast to talk about it. So, yes, uh, amazing. And there, there was one other thing, Claire. Um, I need to ask you who your favourite Star Wars character is. Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> And you could guess who told me to ask you that. Yes, I can guess who was asking me to again. I'll kill him. Brilliant. Right, right. Well, I don't think I've ever managed to end a bonus show talking about Star Wars or Yoda, so thanks <laughs> no, for that. No. Um, right, we'll be back very soon with um, a follow-up to obviously one of the friendly games or another Music and Memories. Actually, we've got uh, Exiled Robin, Paul Binning coming on. Yes to yep. talk about the Crystal Palace home game um, in the playoffs, which was a, an amazing night at Ashton Gate. And Matt, is that the night, the famous head in hands night for you? Yeah, that's, that's well, not head in hands. I was praying, yeah, on Sky praying, Sports. Praying, that was it. Yeah. Sky Sports caught me praying, yeah, um, <laughs> at halftime when we were, I think it was 1-1 on aggregate or something like that. But yeah, yeah I was um, praying for a win and Sky Sports recognised it, yeah. Brilliant. Love it. Right. We'll leave it there. Thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 3PIAPC. And we'll be back soon. Cheers, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Kate. Thanks, Claire.